Experience the ultimate fantasy that is Gauntlet. And welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, today we are playing uh, the 1985 arcade game Gauntlet on the 1988 version for the NES. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> worth noting that they are completely different games. Are uh, they? Yeah. Gauntlet, uh, the 1985 arca arcade game, uh, four players could play that simultaneously. That makes sense. And the graphics were way different, yeah. and the levels were laid out much different. So this is a... Uh, a reimagining of Gauntlet of sorts. Nice. But you still get to play with two players. So that's nice. I think Gauntlet was uh, one of those first arcade games, though, that really uh, welcomed itself to what would eventually become a whole genre of, like, beat-em-ups, you know? Yeah, uh, did, like a, sort of like a hack-and-slash sort of thing. Uh, did you guys ever play this game uh, back in your childhood? I've never played I it. did see it. Uh, I, I w if I saw four-player games, I either didn't have enough people or I would rather be playing the Simpsons arcade game, which was also four players, uh, you know, along with uh, Turtles in Time and uh, X-Men. Those are those are what I think of when I think of four-player games, but apparently Gauntlet was, like, one of the first. So when I was a kid, uh, my friend had the PS1 version of Gauntlet, um, and we would just play two-player on that. And, you know, it was it's a very similar game. Like, the, the, the spirit of Gauntlet lives on. Is the PS1 version like a port of the arcade, or is it like a, a new... I have, I have no idea, but oh. it is 3D, but it's still top-down. Yeah. So what, what what is Gauntlet, Mike? <laughs> yeah, Gauntlet, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to describe it similar to how Sean just did. I describe it as a top-down dungeon crawler game okay. where you play one of four different warriors and make your way through 100 levels. And each warrior has uh, unique skills and attributes. Yeah, like, I think we should. Pretty we, cool. we can talk about that first, actually, yeah. if you want, because I thought that was the the best thing going for it was that it 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 has a lot of things that fans of I don't want to just say Dungeons and Dragons, but fans of role playing games in general would be familiar or just fantasy with these, stuff in general. Yeah, yeah, with these themes and tropes that are uh, necessarily like your the gameplay style is the same for all of them. But they, the way they control matters more. Right. So and have we seen it to like this dif these differences to this extent even close yet on the NES? I don't think we have. Right with with a variety with being able to choose a character, choose a character that has such vastly different abilities and like the closest I think that we've come is picking a ship in some shmups. Right, or, but, but I just, I dumped yeah. those out of my. But memory. I think that's the closest to uh, uh, different play styles for uh, different sprites yeah because if you think about it most games we've been playing ever since super mario brothers have been power-up based yeah. where you just continue to uh expand the character that you're playing as and that went as far as Mega Man actually uh having like permanent power-ups that you could then become the ultimate version of the Mega Man warrior yeah. yeah when you finally get through everything so this is the first time we're kind of being greeted with a, a choice uh, amongst four players you have uh thor he's the brute force character there's Thyra, who is the apparently the most balanced, has a very high armor, though. She's a Valkyrie. A Valkyrie. Merlin, obviously the wizard. Yes. Uh, best magic in the game, but also very slow. And Quester, who is like the ranger or maybe more of the... He's an elf. The, yeah, he's, he's the like elf? a thief, okay. maybe, or something? See, or like... Yeah, I was thinking he could be a mixture of all those yeah. different things, but also um, uh, like like kind of a bard in some ways too maybe uh, he's the guy in your D, D group that min maxes character so that he could do a bunch of things that just don't make sense in the game absolutely uh he's very speedy but sucks at everything else <laughs> and the speed even even happens in like health depletion is also another thing that happens to him faster it doesn't happen faster <laughs> it certainly yeah. feels like it i think because i'm watching you guys play just a minute ago i don't know if we're revealing that but, yeah, yeah that's fine uh, just to get a taste of the two-player uh i'm pretty sure it looks like uh he's mike a, you were your health is depleting much quicker than john he's got a higher metabolism now yeah. out of the four though first tell me who's the coolest valkyrie i i thought that at first actually i went with valkyrie just because i like the balance 
Uh, I actually never played as the wizard, but true, but now either. I want to. I, I I've been watching some playthroughs of it. And I kind of think it, it, he looks like a like a cool. Uh, I, I was confused as to he has better magic. I was like, well, what's the magic? Is that just his regular attack? Yeah. Does anyone else have magic? What makes his magic better than other people's <laughs> magic? So then when I realized, like, oh, he just has like a good attack. Yeah. I don't know. Then what's what's his strength stat? I was a little confused on that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, I will say that um, you know. To me, I started off playing Thor because I thought, well, that's the base level. So to get a taste of the game, just play the the warrior uh, model. The ultimate and, warrior. And I hated that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's very he slow. Yeah, like, I hate that. Yeah, he sucks. He's actually considered the worst yeah. by uh, like most speedrunners and, and game uh, like people who are good at yeah. gauntlet. Speedrunners especially, I'm sure, yeah. just because he literally <laughs> but, just moves. But just like hearing, like, I was just like looking at a bunch of feedback and, and basically like nobody picks Thor if they know what's good for them. Unless you're playing in four players, in which case somebody must play yeah. as Thor in the arcade version. Uh, Thyra, it, the high armor thing really only matters to new players. Apparently it's not that great if you know your way around most of the levels. Merlin... Uh, because he's so slow, it actually only helps people who know, like, the secret exits of the game and know, like, the optimal ways through things. And that's why everybody seems to recommend Quester. Whatever. Uh, apparently, as long as you collect a lot of treasure chests, you'll be fine, uh, as Quester because you'll, you'll get a lot better as you level up. Is the speed just, just in order to get away from things? Or are the people requesting them speed runners? No, it's, it's also to get away from things because as we'll talk about when we, when we talk about the dungeon layouts, I think being able to avoid things is just as important as being able to attack. It's true. So. Sun Tzu said that. (laughs) So I mentioned that, uh. You know, collecting treasure chest is experience and stuff like that. And I think Sean just experienced firsthand how uh, two-player mode might not be the best for because uh, you are fighting over the treasure chest. But Sean, do you want to get into that mechanic of experience points and the and the treasure chests and yeah, leveling so, up? Yeah, so it's basically a collect-a-thon. Um, when you boot into this game, there aren't a lot of, like, th- there isn't a lot of context of what you're supposed to do, but you see a bunch of treasure chests, so you're going to pick them up. And then you see some food, and you're going to pick that up for your health or power in this game. Um, and you're just going to go around collecting as much stuff as you can, which in turn makes you a little bit stronger every time uh, until you get to the exit, which is it just says exit. And then you move on and do it again. And, and you are just kind of dropped in there. There's no grand story or anything. The grand there- story is some guy that drops you into a gauntlet. Uh, is that is that true? It is. Okay, yeah, you have to find something that'll stop him. Yeah, like Gorgax or something, or something. that'll stop know. him from taking over the world or spreading evil all over the world. Or it says you, if you don't find it, at least you got a bunch of treasure. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. It says I mean, in the manual. Treasure like will be yeah. good in the apocalypse. I'm sure <laughs> right, people yeah. will take the your world money. Will end, yeah. but at least you got a lot of treasure. Uh, there, there is a whole like story of the sacred orb in that's the manual, yeah. and I guess that's what it what it was. But I read like the first few lines, and I was just like, "Oh boy, I don't really care," because like, <laughs> like, it's not necessary. There's really no yeah. need to. I don't question when I start a game and it immediately drops me in a dungeon top down. I don't yeah. think like, "What's my purpose?" Well, I mean, the, the, I, the, every shoot 'em up has had the same sort of bullshit story. So I mean, I'm yeah. gonna grant this the same amount of. Oh, why am I doing this? As as the others, yeah, know? I appreciate that it at least gave something. Like it's yeah. it's a nice touch. It's not needed, but yeah. So, uh, Sean, you said Thyra the Valkyrie is the character you played as the most, or just the coolest? I mean, the character I played as the most. And how did that go for you? Fine, um, in single player, <clears throat> but uh, as I just found out playing multiplayer for a bit, um, maybe it's not just the character, but I think it's just the. Um, the nature of the game where you want to collect treasure and your your partner also wants to collect treasure so there's going to be some there's going to be some friction uh between how you guys play right um but maybe that's just because i was playing thyra too and joe who did you uh play as i played as what her name's thyra i played as thyra, her, i yeah. played as her first uh and then i did try um quester no uh oh, the thor. warrior thor uh didn't like him at all then uh, I tried Quester briefly, um, but my, yeah, for the most part, I played as Thyra. Uh, now I kind of do wish I played as the wizard, though. I, th- I think he seems like he has pretty good stats now that I, I still, if it seems like you can maybe ignore the strength stat and use the magic stat <laughs> instead, then that seems like a good deal. I could be wrong on that. So uh, when you're greeted in these dungeons, right, uh, the layout is very much like a big room in The Legend of Zelda, right? There's a... Uh, 
Yeah. You, you know, like it's like, it's like it's like a giant room, a maze essentially, with blocks that tell you, well, you can't go this way, or you need a key to get through a door. Uh, every puzzle, every puzzle is solvable, but there's also cool things like hidden exits yeah, or additional keys that, that you don't need. Yeah, there are switches that change the layout of certain areas and breakable yeah. walls and stuff. Uh, so I think all that stuff is pretty cool and unexpected, but I, I think they could have done a better job communicating how that stuff exists rather than just smashing uh, in like the, the, the hidden exits. Even you just have to hit them by accident right. and spawn yeah. them the first right. time. And then yeah. you know about them. the hidden exits. If you think about like legend of Zelda, yeah. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of telegraphing in some of the things in legend of Zelda, but some of them are, you're just, you just have trial and error of exactly. every bush in but the you game don't until need, you find. You don't need to know where the hidden exits are right. to, to complete right. the game. So True. I think yeah. that's just a secret. And okay. I didn't find but I would argue real fast, just on that Legend sure. of Zelda note, that in the dungeons themselves, there were only uh, four walls, exact spots that you right. could ever try for right. secret exits. But, it wasn't like yeah. you had to bomb the whole entire wall to find the one. Like you could always check. Like, is it in the center top, the center right? You know, like right. oh, it was. Okay. It was easier to find those hidden things if I, you just had to have the bombs. There was a right. rule. For that. But it feels okay, like got it's it. just yeah. the hidden exits in this game. Everything else that's hidden or secret or hard to find out is I feel like it's, it's that I encountered is uh designed in a way that you can find it. Like the the, the walls that are destructible always look the, the that tile looks a little different than all the other tiles. So you start to pick up on little things like one might be like a little smaller or have little cracks in it. Um and then there's uh you know switches on the ground that it'll the first time you see one, it's just they're easy for you to access, so you can step on it and see. Oh, when I step on one of these switches, it changes these things, and that encourages you to explore other switches. I, I so I never think... felt like it was like unfairly there was something secretive that I needed to know that I couldn't find out. I do think though that there is some uh, issues with uh, how it actually displays sometimes. Like the hidden, not the hidden wall, the breakable walls mm-hmm. look a little too similar to unbreakable walls, and the switches on the ground look a little too similar to traps on the floor. So I would avoid the switches and accidentally uh, fall into these traps just because I thought they were a switch or I thought it was a trap. (laughs) So I think they could have done a little better differentiating these things. Yeah, I I guess, I mean, everything has room for improvement. But yeah, it didn't bother me. And you also have uh, bombs that you can collect as well. uh, And I think those can help play a role in... um, while they're also play a role in damage to mobs and stuff like that, there's also this whole um, breakable wall thing too with the bombs that I think um, I think can happen. I, I so- thought that you just had to attack it and it would just go okay. Away. Got it. So it wasn't just you didn't need a. There was never a time where you needed a bomb to no, get through. I think a, they're more for crowd control. Crowd control, mm-hmm. right? Which is something we should talk about right now because yeah. they it, crowd control is something you have to do at the very start of the game. Uh, you know, it does kind of ease you in at the very first level, but it's not long after that you start to realize that the spawn points, which are these skull bones, are the thing you need to eliminate, and not so much uh, like the actual yeah. enemies yeah. on the screen. Yeah, uh, so as let's you, talk about that. So as you go through the levels, they're always a different sprite. Like sometimes they're like a pyramid thing, sometimes they're a pile of bones. Uh, but those are the spawn points, and they spawn a lot of enemies. Like this is the most enemies I've seen in a game uh, on this on this system so far, and it does visibly slow the game down too. With how many after a are. certain point, yeah. I was actually su- surprised at how many it took before it started to yeah. slow down. But it is disappointing that the slowdown is yeah. actually beneficial in a way. Yeah, um, it does get a little annoying. But anyway, um. The so you shouldn't just be attacking these mobs that just keep running in front of you. You have to if you're going to make any progress in this game, um, and if you're not going to just run out of life because that acts as your timer, then you have to push your way through and stop them from spawning or just run past them entirely. Yeah, it is. You it is satisfying to like attack your way through them to get to their like yeah. their hub or their base and to destroy the base and then know all I have to do is destroy what's left on the screen and no more will come at me. But they are literal hordes of enemies. Yes. Like it is, you were you were running through crowds and crowds of these enemies, and the mo- and the mobs that are the uh, the base hubs, those skull bones, they take a few hits to get uh, to break down. So there are still enemies spawning that will attack you as well. So you have to kind of manage between the two, which I think is fine. I think the bigger problem I have is a lot of times the placement uh, of the uh, of the bases and the 
and the like weird layout of the walls around it kind of lead to these like funnels yes. that you have to kind of like fight your way well, through definitely by design. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would argue that it was a bad design because it just essentially, it doesn't pose any real challenge. It slows down your time to get to the base. And then because you had to, you know, because you can shoot anything in front of you and it won't really take any damage unless it's also getting closer to you is as long as you keep your distance and just keep shooting, it's a matter of time until you get to the base you're not really posed with an actual challenge. You're just posed with a, a time waster. Yeah. I mean, you know? I guess that's, I mean, it's, I don't think it's a fun challenge, but I do think that it is challenging um, to, to do this in an optimal time. Right. And I, I did notice that there were some times where it, like the enemies were spawning around a corner. And because of that, it was hard to kill them at a rate fast enough where I felt like safe to go in yeah. to, to their base, which I don't think was a bad thing. I actually think it, it made me think about like, stop and think like okay, how can i approach this like there's and you it, the times that i encountered granted i didn't beat the game or anything so there might be stuff later that gets harder but times that i encountered i always felt like there was a way that i can it sometimes it took me a while but i could find like oh like maybe if i come at them this way i could, I could kind of almost strategize a little bit in a in like a plan of attack and how well, to get yeah there. one other uh tool that you have is that unless you're playing as the warrior who can't do this uh, you can attack through the diagonal walls, and sometimes that will line up with these bases, and you can deal with them from a distance, and then go around when there are less of them, and it's harder to, and it's easier to mow them down, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because then so you're there safe. is some strategy. Yeah. 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 between puzzle solving and puzzle solving is used lightly here because we're not actually like flipping switches that actually like determine outcomes to other things it's just you know making your way through each dungeon room is is the mixture of puzzle and combat balanced here is it is it too focused on combat should there have been more puzzle solving are we are we okay with this gameplay loop experience? Is I it think, because of the amount of levels, the hundred different levels that you have to go through? I think for what it's trying to be, I'm okay with the you know I, I it's like you said it's not really any puzzle puzzles, mm-hmm. but it's for me it just felt fun to explore and then have these enemies attacking me. It's like it, it really encouraged exploration. Granted, admittedly, as much as I love the game, I don't know if I would want to do a hundred levels of it and probably get stale at some point. But for the, I mean, I think I did like. 25 levels of it or something i was still having fun you know i was still enjoying it uh i have other issues that I, maybe we'll get to after this yeah. but mm-hmm. but um but yeah i i was okay with it i, I don't i just thought it was a, it was an interesting different enough thing that where you're just kind of exploring a dungeon either by yourself or with your friend that was cool um i so i think that this game does not focus on this is not a game that's supposed to focus on uh puzzles it's it's basically a hack and slash with projectiles um and so i don't think it needed them and if you're going to enjoy your time with this game you just like that core loop of uh of fighting through hundreds of enemies and getting to your exit with minimal damage so i think no i think this works as it is yeah i would have kind of almost preferred a uh not like a more open uh, area, open world. but no, 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 just like an open area in the dungeon. Like, you know, I was talking earlier about those quarters. It's not that I wanted every mob base to just be like out in the open and you have to just rush to them and, and try to kill them off. But I, I wish there was a way to control the mobs better than just your main attack. Like if there was eventually like, oh, now you have a hundred treasure chests. Now your uh, arrows spread three yeah. ways. Don't they have or, things like that? Doesn't like, can't like the wizard get like things that bounce off walls and... Don't they have um, power? If ups? they did, I, I didn't. Power shots. I think there. Like I think that. there are things you can pick up that temporarily yeah. gotcha. give those boosts. I just meant like if if there's any like core leveling other than just mm-hmm. boosting your stats to make you like oh well now when you get to the tougher enemies they only take two shots instead of three you know yeah. or something like that. I would have preferred because there's so many enemies on the screen at once 
by the end of it, there's like this cool like sweep move that takes <laughs> off like, you know, six of them at a time or something like that. You know, it would make it more fun to have more mobs and enemies on the screen because now you're yeah. in more control of it than just taking down right. one by one by one by one until you get your way to their to their base. Yeah. And that's definitely not the gameplay loop. It's just right. the part that I focus on the most because it was the thing that was least enjoyable to me about the game. I hear you because it, it does have, like, you know, the bombs that take off. Like, it has, like, the things you're describing, but it's not on, like, a level-up basis. It's like you find it, you use it, you're done with it. Like, it's over. Yeah, I, en- um, I enjoyed the game in terms of an actual, like, exploration meets leveling up experience of getting stronger slash figuring out your way of... A grinding simulator. Yeah, yeah, a grinding <laughs> simulator. Why not? Because there's also, you know, there's no right way to do the maze. You can go, uh, like, up you know just to, we haven't talked about the map layout you can but go up it's yeah, right the, the ma- <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like the, the map layout makes it look like you can just go from one block to the next but because we talked about like different exits and stuff like that there there are different ways that you can go from like oh you're on level 71 well you can go to jump to level 74 yeah, instead you know yeah yeah there's different there's different ways to do the game yeah. so i think exploring that element of it was really fun right. and just seeing your character get stronger was better, and I wish they would have focused on like more ways that your character gets stronger. Yeah, it's cool to see that map, um, that like overworld map that tells you which section of the dungeon you're in between, because you might be really close to a room that you want to get to, and then you realize that the exit you take actually takes you in a in a weird like different direction than you thought, and there's like a you have to figure out the routes to get to the like desirable rooms or to get to the next. I don't know. Right. World. And the desirable rooms are definitely the treasure room yes. uh, where you can pretty much just like collect a bunch of free leveling up uh, like abilities. And yeah. Yeah. And like, like what? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like Sonic. <laughs> like Sonic. Yeah. Um, uh, but it also, it also <laughs> is required for something that we haven't talked about yet. That is, which we should. Uh, yeah. That is you in these rooms, you can regain all your health back to its maximum. And yes, you lose health pretty quickly when you get hit. But also one thing that I'm on the fence about is that the whole game your your health is ticking down like constant. What was it? The Dragon Ball game, that, Dragon Power, that also did that. Yeah, I hated it in mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it was Dragon um, Ball. But your, your your health is like slowly depleting, and I that, I'm not. That's never a choice I would make. Um, but I think that's when as I think about it, I think it's just like literally just a preference and not like. I think it's just yeah. me personally. I, I don't like it, like it it's either. It's its own style of gameplay. It, it, it has a place. I, I think that it, if they're going to use it, there should be a minimum health that you can have. Like, I don't think that you should be able to time out. Yeah. Because I once finished the level, got to a, a treasure room, and there's no food in these rooms. So I just watched my character die in a bonus room. But if if you can if you get to the exit yeah but you, you just didn't you, have time I didn't have enough time yeah. to do that yeah you might you might um, go in there with like thirty health <laughs> right because yeah. if you get to the exit uh, before you before like a time limit for the treasure room runs out you'll get all your health back that just because we haven't said that out no loud that's on fine the podcast I actually I have an easy solution to this though if you wanted to enforce like constant movement and making sure that you don't like just stay in one area of the room and grind your way through like mob yeah. bosses just have a timer in the room. Yeah. Just be like, okay, you have 99 seconds to escape this dungeon. And do that for every single yeah. dungeon room. Yeah. I think that works. Or why not? Yeah. You could do it so many different ways. I don't think that time, that health should ever be the punishment. Yeah. T- timer, I think, would also bother me. Because then I'm not in control of it. Of like how much. Like, whereas at least with this, like if I lose. Granted, I don't care for this either. But if I lose, at least I know it's like, well, yeah, maybe I should have gotten more. Probably gotten my health up higher. Whereas like a timer just feels so like they have set it and like it's out of my hands. At least like I have a little agency. Uh, in I don't know. I think that like it's a, additional constraints can can make it feel more tense. And if you yeah. if you can just waltz through it at your own pace, then maybe this isn't. The but same I don't. Kind of I, game. I, I, but I'll I don't say, think this lets you waltz through it at your own pace the way it's doing. I know. It. I, I, oh, I'm saying I'm, that I'm, like, yeah, the way okay. you're describing right. it would let you just like take a few steps. You could just sit sit there w- with a with one of those home bases just spewing out enemies and just like, just keep doing that. I don't know why you would. No, the way I'm describing it is the way it is. I'm saying that I think the way it is where you have to go to the treasure rooms in order to get your health back is, is maybe okay. Oh, as much as I, I don't personally were, care okay. for it. Like, I think that 
it um I thought you meant I think it's better than having just a straight time limit like Mike was okay. saying is where yeah. I thought you meant no time limit and no, no, no health drain. No, because I think that like yeah, I, I think we agree. Yeah. <laughs> but we just we're just arguing anyways. But I think I agree with you because um I well, think I think I agree with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not how this works. I agree with you because um because I do think that it's it gives you this like urgency to get yeah. to the next level. Yeah. So I, I would say kudos for making a contradictory point. You know, like <laughs> like I wasn't expecting anybody to have a reason why the health should deplete and you're not even a fan of it and you just yeah. battled for well, it. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> but I think it that, also yeah. adds some weight to these characters too of like, well, maybe I should choose Thor. He has nine hundred and eighty health. Like that'll help me a lot more than the wizard's eight hundred. That's 180 extra more seconds for all we know, you know? Like, th- I think that if that kind of thing is going to matter, though, then maybe these characters should be balanced a little differently, though, too, because if you're going to give him the slowest speed at 980 health, is it really that different than the wizard having a speed of three and um, and also 800 health? Like, like technically, they can move per damage that they lose at the <laughs> yeah, same rate, right, right. you know? Like. It's uh, weird to talk about it like that, but it kind of yeah, is like that. I guess that. it's just like a preference to the player then. Like, how do you want to How do you want, how to, do you lose? want to die? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and you will but yeah. die. But yeah, I, I'm the same way with a, with a lot of things with like time limits. I don't like them. Like personally, like in the moment, I'm like, oh shit, I'm stressed out because of the time limit. But then like if you take it away, I'm like, well, where's the fun? Were so. you stressed out in Mario? No, I think the time limit is pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never really that, that worried. But but uh, the, uh, the, the one that, that's coming to my mind... It, maybe it's a post show thing. I'll go off on a rail. It's about Ratchet and Clank. We'll, we'll okay. post show. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't remember that being on the NES. So yeah. yeah. Uh, also, just when you die, uh, you get a password. But I think I, I can't remember where I read this because I'm trying to find it right now. There's like a possibility that you will get a bad password. I saw it in a speed run actually that I was watching earlier today. If if your password starts with an A. It doesn't work or something. <laughs> go, go screw yourself. Like that's weird. I know. Yeah. I remember getting a password that I inputted, and it it sent me back like three rooms. And I don't. I don't know if they're like checkpoint rooms. There's probably a checkpoint room that would that would make sense. Nothing with notates. Was it after a treasure room or something? Or I maybe I don't know. It just I was weird that if it's gonna be passwords. It doesn't give you that room. Yeah. If you're gonna give passwords out, just it, just don't then. Like, right? no, no, I meant like for the A thing. Yeah, like yeah. that's just spiteful. Well, well, no, I think that was. I, I assume that's a glitch. No, I, I, well, maybe, but like, it's a pretty heavy glitch yeah. to not notice that. Like, oh, you know, the password didn't work. That we just bumped out. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the first time I've ever heard of that. Like, yeah. you know, like imagine if Metroid, you know, after playing it for like eight hours, you get a password and yeah. it's like, sorry, it didn't work. Every right. tenth save corrupts. It would be funny though. I mean, maybe it is true if they if it was like an intentional like de- challenged like design. They're like, let's make it harder. Like every every yeah, password really, just doesn't work. I really gotta look into this, but I guess it upset enough people that somebody actually on game FAQs put out a whole password crack system of like explaining the binary equivalence to the password digits and what that would mean to the game's code. My so God. then, which passwords like basically how to make your own passwords in this game. To get different things. So, uh, that's nuts. It says any password containing a treasure value of 2,000 or greater will not work. So Whoa. don't give yourself more than 2,000 treasure. Cheater. And that's just the gauntlet system for you. That's gauntlet. That's <laughs> gauntlet. Uh, we should talk about two player. We did it, me and Sean. Yeah. Uh, how'd you feel? I sort of touched on that um, when I wasn't supposed to, but uh, basically, it depending on how you play and how your game partner plays, uh, it can be a very frustrating experience, even if you're trying to be a cooperative, even if you're trying to play cooperatively. Um, there's a lot of loot stealing. I would argue that we didn't play cooperatively. Yeah, I, would I would argue, argue that, that I well, should have known better. I should have known better, and I should have let you get some treasure so we could go stronger together. Yeah, um, but you didn't, and you <laughs> prefer to be a very selfish boy um, and just throw me to the wolves. I do think that it's great that they give you this two-player simultaneous option. I really expected it to be like when you die, then the other mm-hmm. person just starts in level. It doesn't really make any sense yeah. in Especially this capacity. knowing what this series is in the future. Right. So I'm, I'm definitely cool with the way that this was set up, and it was nice that they didn't make it any harder or anything like that. Yeah. It didn't spawn any more enemies. It handles two players nicely. 
the uh, amount of room you're allowed to be away from each other is pretty generous for yeah. an NES game. Considering how small your characters are, I think that that was for that was for the better. So I give this a big thumbs up, and I'm kind of surprised yeah. to see it. And, and granted that I, I didn't play uh, cooperatively at all, but um, I just think like the level of variety that comes into some of the later levels, having two players and a little bit of what we touched on before with like having to plan out your attack, it's kind of cool to be able to like communicate and like decide. You know, you go over here and draw the enemies away because they do get drawn to the closest person. Uh, well, you know, well, I'll go in and attack the, the base and things like that. Like, See, that's I an interesting. I never actually played too far into this game because I kept dying, but that that is cool. And so uh, Ed Log, who was the uh, designer for Asteroids, Centipede, and Gauntlet, pretty oh. pretty good uh, lineup of <laughs> yeah, games yeah. to be the designer for. Uh, he did an interview on uh, the website we talked about last week, Gamma Sutra. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be a good resource, after all. Um, he did an interview about all things of those games, and I just wanted to cover some things he said about Gauntlet. Uh, they asked him the process for generating the mazes in Gauntlet, and essentially they built out an actual maze editor uh, on a computer that anybody uh, that could that was on the engineering team, it would be simple enough for them to create mazes. So... Everybody uh, on the team was allowed to like make a maze or, or do a layout, and that's how you get like these so many different varieties of levels and different uh, huh. styles of layouts because they didn't just let like one person try to make a hundred plus levels. Yeah, okay, that's cool. And uh, another thing was that uh, he said that he felt like the wizard was the most powerful, but he couldn't prove it. But however, when the game was released in Japan. Apparently it was it was like a big phenomenon over there at the start, and they determined that the, if you played as the wizard or the warrior at the arcade version, you could play forever on one quarter as long as <laughs> as long as no other players joined the game. Wow, not sure uh, why that was, yeah, but ever. <laughs> that really must have screwed them over yeah. because the whole mechanic is to keep feeding money into the arcade machines. That's super weird. Uh, uh, the interviewer says, uh, Gauntlet didn't include final bosses or a goal besides survival. Did you worry that players would balk against playing with a video game structure such as growing template of endless levels? Uh, was there a video game structure at the time at all? And Log answers, There was a considerable amount of discussion about this issue. I had this question come up often. I could not come up with a solution for those players who might have just joined or what to do with the money they have left in the machine. So I took the course of least resistance and did not provide an end to the game or a final boss to defeat. <laughs> I thought he was going on like some like practicalities of design thing there yeah. and like, you know, philosophy. Instead it's that's I don't too know. hard. <laughs> or just also like I didn't know I didn't want the quarters to stop coming. <laughs> so I just designed the game to go on forever. But that's the arcade version. Uh, that's the arcade right? yeah. version. Uh, you know, the NES version was ported by Tengen. You know, those guys who make the unlicensed NES games. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, one thing we never talked about, though, with Tengen in the last episode we did with them, which was um, uh, RBI Baseball. They all have a very specific box art on the front where they take, like, a, a diamond uh, or, like, a D-pad and they put it in the lower left, and then there's stripes going up and to the right and left. Okay. And that's just, like, a thing on every single one of their boxes. Okay. I thought that was cool. Oh, okay. Like, they have, like, this way of, like, looking, you know, because a lot of times with our other developers that aren't Nintendo, it's hard to tell if the game is made by them or not unless you see their name. So to have a distinct look for every single one of your box arts that all follows the same design scheme, it's pretty cool when yeah, you're collecting kind of, NES yeah. games. And it's yeah. kind of like what Nintendo does. Yeah. So it's... Uh... Well, Nintendo does what Tengen does, does, except for when Tengen isn't allowed to do those things <laughs> by Nintendo. <laughs>
you know, there's there's no uh, there's no interview with Tenjin about how they ported this game. Or <laughs> They've whatever. been on the run yeah. for years. <laughs> They've been on the run. It's true. Uh, I would I would add though that it, Tenjin is a subsidiary of Atari who made the arcade game. So they were definitely like not like stealing the code or like trying to make it like freehand on their own. They definitely had access. <laughs> Yeah. To all the codes that uh Ed Log would have had. So they sure. just figured out a way to port it. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a pretty faithful port. Uh from I never played the original arcade, but I'm gonna take your word for it. Yeah, I, I I would say that all of the same concepts are still there. There's no stripped away features other than the inability to play as four characters yes. at once. Uh which is a feature that Gauntlet two on the NES will get. It will oh, yeah. be NES one, of the, one of the few NES multi-tap games uh, that works that lets you select all four players. Uh, so we look forward to that one whenever it happens. Uh, <laughs> then, who knows? Could be the ni- late 90s. Uh, the multi-tap on the NES. Like, <laughs> late 90- 1998. <laughs> well, I don't think games over the NES. I think they stopped in 94. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> I know. You don't think joke. I've looked at the list? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I knew you were joking, too. <laughs> but since he brought up the whole thing about bosses, would you have, would you have wanted them? I think I would have expected them. But there is a boss in this game, right? There's not a dragon, three-headed dragon. Never got to it. If I, there is. I didn't get to it, but I watched it in a in a run-through. Are you sure that that was Gauntlet? And not Defender <laughs> 1 or 2? I'm pretty sure this is Gauntlet. All right. uh, I mean, like, I'll, there's, I'll a, there's, look. A, there's a dragon. I agree. Yeah. But, like, as far as I know, there's just the one, like, at, I guess at, like, the very end yes, of the game. Yes, it's the very end of the game. There is a dragon uh, that is... It looks three-headed to me, and <laughs> it it reminds me of... No, it just reminds me of the dragon from Legend of Zelda. You know, no, there yeah, was that one in, does, the, yeah. in the dungeon four or whatever. So not King Ghidorah. Not King Ghidorah, though. It could look like King Ghidorah as well, except for it's green. Yes. Like the one in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. You just have to... Uh, you have to fight the three-headed dragon, which is honestly stupid, <laughs> Because as I'm looking at it right now, have you looked at it? Yeah, they just like, go into those little corners. There's and, a corner yeah. for you to hide in that the yeah. monster could never attack me from because it doesn't move. Right, but the you monster, can't attack from there. You have to come out of you hiding, clear yourself out. in a little bit of danger. I mean, no, there's no danger. It's a straight line of fire. So just make sure you... No, he'll he'll turn his head. Who? The dragon. Dragon no, but, turns yeah, his head. But I'm saying it's just... So you have a, to run back into the yes, corner. you yeah. have to run back into the corner, yeah, though. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's not the most Peek-a-boo, challenging thing out Peek-a-boo there. Peekaboo is the know, final it's, boss. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not completely unchall- like, unchallenging. I would, I would argue that it could be completely <laughs> unchallenging. Yeah, I, what I'm watching, I'm watching a wizard and a... Right now... It's Joe, why don't you play the I'm, game? I'm first. watching a wizard and a... Um, a you, didn't, you didn't even get as far as I did. <laughs> I didn't, so, but yeah. you're, you're, right. de- you're defending things you didn't even experience. I know, but I'm telling you saying. It, to me, it doesn't look as it doesn't look like completely easy. To me, it looks like the wizard can't get in there, but the the uh, what the fast guy okay. can. But are you watching Gauntlet parentheses NES close parentheses Merlin last level and ending video? Because that's what I'm watching, and he's having I'm a very Gauntlet, easy time. NES two player I'd net like play. I'm uh, not watching losing, either of those. Yeah, you're losing you're losing this battle because you have two players. See, if you just play with one. Oh, right. Well, that two player, I'm just seeing. Uh, I'm seeing the the wizard's not doing anything, probably because I'm, I assume he's too slow. Gotcha. But right. he's having yeah. an easy time here. Anyway, I think that uh, the biggest revelation here for everyone is probably that there is a boss in this game. Did not know that because. Um, no one gets to level 100. Uh, I don't think people knew. The, the, uh, tell me, if you're if you're a hardcore gauntlet player, did you know that there was an end to this game, or did you just assume it just kept generating new levels and new maps? We're listening. <laughs> yeah, tell me right now. Uh, shout into, make, the, make into a, the phone. Make a reply podcast to us, <laughs> and we'll listen to it. Yeah, sure. I would, I would listen to that. Anything else, guys, on gauntlet? Mm, no, I don't think so. Haven't I heard this theme song before? It sounds. Am I, I not guess, crazy? Like, oh, you generically know familiar. It's, uh, it's from. Uh, it's from pool. It's from <laughs> lunar pool. Yeah, yeah. Lunar pool. Not. Um, <laughs> What's the guy's name? Ken Griffey Jr.'s pool. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> Minnesota flat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I don't. I actually Minnesota don't recognize flats. the music from anything else. It, I yeah. think it just sounds like similar to other music in like the genre. Well, I'll tell you what. It got me humming it a lot. Even the beginning yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> It's good music throughout. I mean, considering it's yeah, the rest of music. Yeah, yeah. Rest of music's like uh, rest of music out of five. Well, I didn't like actually ever hear any of the music, but I thought it was really good. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that. Joe brought in his stunt double today. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think since we have no more to say, we'll just do a couple sequels and spinoffs because you know a franchise like Gauntlet has them. I teased Gauntlet 2 already. Uh, it did go to the arcades as well. The main difference from the original game in Gauntlet 2 is that players can now choose to be the same character class. Whoa. So you don't have to reduce somebody to being Thor. Everybody because just have four <laughs> wizards uh, trek through this thing. See, I, don't, I actually don't like that though because you know you have to you have to class up. You know, if you're going to play Overwatch, you can't be the same Overwatcher. You know, I understand. Yeah, so they, they call them heroes. I think I, I call them Overwatchers. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, then just to keep it in the arcades for a minute. Gauntlet Legends comes out in 1998. And allowed players to use a password to save progress. Really? In the arcade. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's I love that. I love that. Like, huh. it goes against everything, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> could you still put the quarter in. Yeah, you still got to gotta play, you know, come back. At that and time, probably a yeah. dollar, right? Like, to play, at 1998, like to play Gauntlet <laughs> Legends, $5. <laughs> yeah. The only game I pay $5 for to play in the arcades is that Kentucky Derby horse racing simulator game. Do you know that's what I'm true. talking about? I had the, well, no, we, we played that together. We oh, had thank the cards. goodness. Okay. Yeah, we have the cards. Yeah. That's a great game. And, Nobody. And, and to be fair... I'm sure that the dollar for Gauntlet Legends at that time was like equivalent to $5. That's probably true, yeah. yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Uh, there's also Gauntlet Dark Legacy in 2000 uh, for the arcade, and it's an expansion to maybe like Gauntlet Legends. I can't really tell. Deck. Yeah, it's like an expansion because it adds only five new levels, it says. But the biggest addition is four new character classes. You can play as a dwarf, a knight, a jester, and a sorceress. Mm. Hmm. Mm. So Merlana instead of Merlin. <laughs> now on the console side, things get a little funny here. We have Gauntlet the Third Encounter. Okay. Uh, you know, Gauntlet Two was on the NES. Where is Gauntlet the Third Encounter? Uh, the PlayStation One. The Atari Lynx. Okay. Uh, in 1990, you notice Atari is doing okay here because they own this property. They got that so, money. so yeah, they're they're like, you know what? We own this property. Might as well make it on our Atari Lynx. Uses the same exact box art as the NES. Wow. Like, the game from 1988, so two years later, they just say, yeah, throw the same box art. I'm not going to design a whole new cover. Um, It's pretty much Gauntlet again, but you get to choose between uh, eight character classes. So you get uh, the Valkyrie and the Wizard from the original Gauntlet. They're making new levels too, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, But it's the same concept. They haven't added anything different to it other than these character classes. But listen to these character classes. You're soon going to be picking up an Atari Lynx to play this game. Because if you don't want to play as the Valkyrie or the Wizard, too bad you can't play as the Warrior or um, the Elf anymore. Instead, you play as maybe a Samurai. Okay. What about a Punk Rocker or an Android? Or a gunfighter. Or the nerd. The nerd. The nerd. What's the nerd do? <laughs> I have no idea, but I gotta watch a video. <laughs> or the last choice, and the one I would definitely pick, the pirate. I do like that. I want that pirate class, and I want to know what makes him different than the nerd. <laughs> uh, treasure probably makes him happier. I like that they're just, just doing... <laughs> that's actually true. He gets more bonus experience from treasure. I like that they're just doing... Different character classes to the same gauntlet concept. Like, they haven't, like, rethought it and been like, no, it should have, like, an overarching story and just be, like, different, uh, you know, this is the water levels and these are the jungle levels. Like, they're just keeping it the same way. So after Gauntlet, the third encounter, how about Gauntlet 3? Okay, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Gauntlet 3, the final quest on home computers... That wasn't the last one, was it? Uh, it wasn't. Okay. Uh, it comes out in 1991, a year after Gauntlet the Third. Um, it's mostly the same, except for the new character classes are a rock man, rock so not man. to be confused with uh, a man punk made of rocker. Rocks? Is he a man made of rocks? He's a man made of rocks. Okay. Uh, as opposed to the punk rocker that was in the third encounter, uh, Petrus. I don't know what Petrus is, but. Imagine that's Sounds some like kind of fantasy uh, species. Yeah. Uh, Dracolis, a lizard man. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. No, no. Petrus is the name of the rock man. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> and Dracolis is the lizard man. Then there's an ice man and a merman. Ooh. These are great classes. I would love to play as merman. When are we going to finally get... This is like uh, Goonies 2. Yeah. Except for this, with a mermaid. This, I mean, they might yeah. explain, though. Maybe like they know each other. Yeah, that's true. 
and finally, it's like we're almost like, when is Gauntlet Ultimate going to happen? Where you get all the classes in the original Gauntlet. You know, like all Ooh. these classes that were ever added. It's, it's an funny idea. you asked that because it's coming out next year. Great. <laughs> Are you developing it? I am. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Starting tonight. To fund my Kickstarter. <laughs> Gauntlet 3, the final quest, uh, it was an isometric perspective ah. for the Gauntlet game. Uh, Two-player cooperative mode as well. Then on the PS2, this might be the version of the game Sean played. PS1. Uh, it was, but there is no PS1 game. Uh, okay, it must have been PS2. Uh, Gauntlet Seven Sorrows, and that's a follow-up to Gauntlet Legends and Gauntlet Dark Legacy on the arcade. And it finally adds online play. Yikes! So you can play <laughs> Gauntlet online on the PS2 with a broadband connection. And the last one, uh, Gauntlet Slayer Edition. This came out on PS4 in 2015. Oh, wow. And I just put my own note here because I watch all the videos for these ones. I don't have Gauntlet Slayer Edition, so I just watched it. And I just wrote, it overstayed its welcome. Uh, Gauntlet Slayer Edition looks terrible. <laughs> they didn't really update much. Does it have any microtransactions? Uh, you know, the, that might be what the Slayer thing is about. But uh, no, it doesn't have microtransactions as far as I can tell. Probably oh, okay. has online. Nice. But it doesn't look like they've done, it doesn't look like they've thought about how they could change Gauntlet from 1985 to 2015. So what a sad 30th anniversary <laughs> Gauntlet Slayer Edition was. Oh well. Well, it's been more than 30 years now, but we're gonna determine if Gauntlet on the NES is an essential game on our essential games list. <laughs> Joe, so I know there were some some little flaws and and. Uh, wasn't crazy at first about the uh, the time ticking down, uh, but I think I want to throw this one an essential vote. Uh, I really I really like that it's bringing this co op experience to the table that I didn't play, um, but uh, but I but I like it. I I feel like I'm I'm very interested in playing it and playing it uh, single player was pretty fun and it brought like a uh, this dungeon cr- this dungeon crawler explorer th- uh, style is something new. That I I kind of want to go back and play it. I'm not sure I'll ever play through a hundred levels of it, but with the password system provided that the passwords all work, <laughs> uh, I don't mind like kind of quote unquote saving my progress and coming back and trying it again. So I'm gonna give it an essential vote. All right, it's got one. It needs uh, two. Two? Okay, I'm just making sure I have these <laughs> rules right. I almost said three. Um, Sean. So I'm sort of on the fence about this game because it definitely ticks all the the boxes on how unique of an experience it is at this point in the NA- <clears throat> in the NES's life cycle but i think in order for me to put it on the essential games list i personally have to enjoy playing it to some extent and well i didn't hate it uh, and i have had some good things to say about it it wasn't my favorite thing so if this does become an essential game i will not have my name attached to it all right. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to think that I'm going to vote not essential because I was pretty tough on the game. But I'm tough on every game. You never know where I'm going to go here. I will say one thing that I didn't touch upon uh, because we just didn't get there is there's this diagonal shooting that is possible but is really finicky and you have to, like, lock yourself into it in a way where it's it's not accurate but it but it's useful to be able to do diagonal shooting and i hated that it that was like my least favorite thing was when i was in a position where i needed to do that and the only the best practice was just to lock yourself in yeah, a you sort of corner of blocks it. yeah you have to like walk into it didn't like that uh so that has no sway in my essential game vote i just had to say that uh yeah i mean it's doing a lot of new things and the cooperative mode was really cool to be playing two people at the same time uh, we did get to do that with Contra, though, and I know some people are like, oh, well, that wasn't that great in Contra, and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so this isn't that isn't that new. The dungeon crawling thing was more satisfying for me when I was going through the dungeons in Legend of Zelda, and so for that case, I'm kind of removed from this one, so it's not going to get there for me. But, Joe, I respect you for putting it on the list. We'll make a note that you voted it essential. I respect you, great. too, Joe. Aww. I respect Thank you. you. I like, yeah, I like you guys are very respect. agreeable. Uh, even good. when we were disagreeing or when we were agreeing, I we, totally we speak agree. like we disagree. You don't even but... know what it was about. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Uh, so do you agree that it won't be an essential game? I totally agree. There I mean, go. I agree that it won't be, but I yeah. still wish it was. Got it. Okay. Yes. Maybe Gauntlet 2 will get there. Maybe. Yeah. If it, if, if it improves. Why not? Yeah. Then, uh... yeah. I think I think for this for this game specifically, it it seems like the arcade version would be awesome to one day get a hold of. And this NES one, the core gameplay loop didn't suck me in. And the actual like combat wasn't satisfying so that's why i took it off i think i think it has a lot going for it that we haven't seen before which is great but maybe gauntlet 2 will refine that and uh if you know something about gauntlet 2 listeners why don't you uh write to us on uh, the well, twitter spoil it for us at nostalgicast if you think that that one might make it essential there was um there was a time where we were talking about other games maybe becoming essential in their later iterations and someone was like no don't waste your time that the next one's worse uh, I forget which one that was. Maybe it was Akari Warriors, uh, which it definitely was out. true. Yeah. Akari Warriors 2 was garbage and unfounded from the first one. Like It's really <laughs> just like, I can't believe they're the same franchise. But we, Nostalgia, are a franchise. We do this every Friday. I hope you join us. I hope you write to us at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. Or you can write to me at Esposito Film on Twitter. Joe and Sean are always over my shoulder even uh, right no. now we record we set up our mics over his shoulder don't so be afraid talk. that if you tweet at me or at nostalgia cast that they won't see it they see it they're <laughs> I see always everything. looking yeah remember that time i've seen your tax returns <laughs> really yeah nice um remember that time that um we posted that super smash brothers meme that had nothing to do with nostalgia uh, that was sean sean made that so <laughs> we are also memers uh sean's a professional memer uh, does that for a living? You can contact me uh, through Mike, uh, and I will make you a meme. I will make either I will make a meme for you, or I'll make you into a meme. Yeah, there are really for a nominal there, fee. There's not too many NES memes. It's true. Yeah, why do you think that is? I think uh, memes, as we know Nintendo's. them, are, 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 rel- are a relatively new phenomenon, and maybe not have existed so much in the NES days. Well, Nintendo it. is also very litigious. They see a meme, they go right after you. <laughs> Super Nintendo has some memes, though. They have Big Big Yoshi. Big Big Yoshi? Yeah, Big Yoshi. <laughs> I don't know this one. <laughs> they had the Big Yoshi from Super Mario RPG. Oh, okay. Uh, big Big Yoshi. That sounds great. Oh, like, like, like Big Yoshi? Yeah, he's Big uh, Yoshi. Gotcha. Yeah, but Big, because gotcha. he's so big. Okay. okay. Like All a right. sausage? No. Not like a sausage. <laughs> <laughs>